Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and I'm, as always, joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. This week, we're joined again uh, by someone who's becoming a regular on our show, uh, Nolan King. Uh, Nolan, thanks for joining us. Uh, happy uh, 2019. Yeah, man. Happy Happy 2019. I'm super excited to be here again. It's new year, but the same uh, same good stuff that you guys bring to the podcast, so I'm excited to be back on. Cool. So... Uh... Uh, me and Matt started talking actually about about what we're going to talk about today uh, since last Friday when uh, Brett Akimoto tweeted out the uh, 2019 schedule for the uh, first quarter. It's like most of the first quarter of the UFC's events. Um, it looks like the bulk of them, if they're not pay-per-views, they're on ESPN Plus. Mm. And um, I don't I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, so it looks like like uh, w- with Fight Pass and pay-per-views, and another pay service, it's starting to be expensive to to follow the UFC. So we just wanted to get uh, your take on it. Matt and I already talked about it, but I'm sure he's going to want to elaborate. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think uh, it's getting tough uh, looking at the. I I think we. I kind of. I mean, we. I think we knew this was coming uh, as soon as the ESPN deal was announced. It became evident that we were going to have to pay more. Um, I think the things that snuck up on us, though, is the fact that. You know, now we have DAZN coming in for Bellator. If you want to watch all the Bellator events, you're going to have to get DAZN. And then yeah. also on top of that, I think that, um, you know, just seeing it, it's one thing when somebody throws out something at you and they say, like, you know, we're going to produce this many events on these, you know, these channels. And then the prelims are going to be on this streaming network and this streaming network before we go to pay-per-view. Um, but I think the fact that, you know, ESPN has been promoting the graphics that they have this week where it shows their schedule for the first six months of the year kind of uh, definitely is more poignant to, to make you realize that this is going to be, uh, you know, MMA is almost going to be an exclusively streamed sport at this point. I mean, yeah, we have we have a couple events here and there on Paramount. I mean, PFL, we don't know what their deal is going to be for next year. And then we, you know, have ESPN uh I guess ESPN's going to get, you know, prelims for some of these cards too, but then they're only going to have their main cards for uh it looks like four events in the first half of the year and I think uh I can't remember if it was eight, I think it was eight events total um for 2019 is what mm-hmm. they announced in the press release when they first announced the deal. I'm maybe misspeaking there. You can if somebody else knows better, you can correct me, but definitely uh definitely it's going to be a it's a lot more streaming than I think we're used to uh and that any sports fan is used to. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I, you know, so there's four, four real ESPN or, or big ESPN free events uh, up until June 29th, and then I'm looking at two, three, six, uh, eight. It uh, looks like 11 ESPN Plus events, and then and then four, five pay-per-views. So mm. I, I don't know. Um, you know, people like us will probably get it. It's five dollars a month. I mean, I've looked into it. I'm not getting it. I'll tell you right now, I'm not getting it. Uh, well, I mean, I, I guess I, it, it'll be hard to do a podcast when three quarters of the UFC events you're not watching. But hey, there's more. <laughs> they're not the only game in town either, though. So yeah, you're right. You're right. So I'm just saying. I mean, I've already like I canceled my uh, my fight pass today or yet the oh, other wow. day. Um, and I, I'll I'll probably re-sign up for it when an event comes up. But I don't need to watch island fights. Um, I I you know I used to watch all that stuff. I barely watch Titan anymore. Um. So there's ten bucks. I uh, what I cut back. I cut back on on flow um, about six months ago. 
Um, again, ouch! I, wow, no one's sitting right there, right? What I, I, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> and it just, it just became, it, it, you know, when when I when the zone came around, I, I kind of backed off on that. Um, yeah. I just got to figure out what I can get by, um, not having to have, but or you know, not needing to have. But um, I don't know. Uh, you know what else? You know, it's just it just seems like a lot of, you know, they're on there. It's five dollars. I I don't know. I. I feel like if if they did a five dollar pay per view for an event that was worthwhile, I'd pay for it. So well, if, yeah. the, if there's stuff on it and it's a month, five dollars a month, I don't feel like that's going to break the bank. I just don't see uh, people that aren't fully invested in the sport doing it. I know I have relatives who aren't gonna who would yeah. watch every event on Fox that aren't aren't going to do it. I just think it's something where where it's like where if you're already a Fight Pass subscriber, you know, like like everyone brings up the WWE's model. You, you know, you, you you pay them their one fee and you have access to all this stuff and they, and and they're on network TV and but you don't have to pay extra for that cuz you're already you know you're already paying your cable or whatever but it's like the UFC is asking for pay-per-view money fight pass money and now we have to throw in for for ESPN money so it's like why why aren't why aren't you simulcasting those plus events on fight pass i just don't get it i mean you're not going to pull ESPN is like a casual audience you're not going to pull in. I don't see them pulling in casual fans to sign up for ESPN Plus for UFC. I mean, I know there's other stuff on there. I actually don't watch, you know, Big Four Sports or anything like that. So I know you guys do, but I, I don't know. Maybe 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 you guys can comment on on whether or not it's worth it. But but to me, um, I mean, you you've already take you're already getting enough of my money. Yeah, I mean, for me, like. Looking at the ESPN Plus side, taking Flow Combat out of the the equation for a while. If, if you're looking at, um, you know, streaming uh, services and the the different options that we have provided for us, uh, you know, the big ones are DAZN, Fight Pass, ESPN Plus. Um, looking at those, you know, I think ESPN Plus out of those three options is probably the most worth it at this point in terms of the value you're getting for live content. Uh, you know, looking at it. I was just looking uh, at this old report that MMA Fighting did when the ESPN deal first got announced. And, you know, they're increasing. You're getting seven more events streamed this year on ESPN Plus than you did on their on streaming, uh, you know, last year, I think. And then also uh, you're getting 10 events that have two more hours dedicated to streaming live U- UFC fights. So I think that's a pretty good deal for $5 a month. Uh, the Fight Pass thing, I mean, Fight Pass is kind of turning into – uh, you know, more of a regional hub and a fight library. I'm sure, you know, they're going to have a couple exclusive events a year on there. But uh, I think with ESPN Plus, I mean, you get a lot of different things like, you know, Ariel Hawani, if you're into like his, you know, the the different programs that he does, that's on there. And then, like you said, there's all different other kinds of sports on there, college sports. Uh, I saw there, like, you know, I, I'm a big hockey fan. They have some hockey games on there, which is, I didn't even know ESPN had the rights to any hockey game. So that's pretty interesting. Um so yeah, I mean, DAZN, again, DAZN's kind of a, a different, honestly, DAZN and Fight Pass are almost more so competitors than I think ESPN Plus at this point, um, you know, both putting out top tier regional promotions and also uh, some of the more, you know, the international promotions are gravitating towards them. And obviously DAZN has Bellator, UFC Fight Pass has the UFC uh, to a limited extent, but yeah, man, it's, it's getting expensive, like Ed said, and I think that uh, it's getting difficult to decide you know, as a fight fan, where you're going to pinch your pennies if you're if you're going to do that or if you're just going to bite the bullet and sacrifice. See, now that you mentioned, I was trying to remember what I did. I actually cut out DAZN, too. I looked at DAZN's schedule. 
they don't have I, I mean I'm going to the next uh, Bellator event but that's a paramount event um, mm-hmm. the, the Fedor fight the next uh, we don't have a Grand Prix fight um, uh, scheduled so for the Walterweight Grand Prix so we don't really yeah. know when the next strictly DAZN event's going to be so I just looked at it. they don't have any KSW scheduled they don't have any Fight Night Global you know they don't none of their events are scheduled so and they're not so, advertising that stuff that well either yeah, no. So, I mean, I'm just going through it. I think it's just a point now where you're just going to have to be more aggressive on canceling and resubscribing and, and you know, looking at, okay, if I sign up today and I get it for a month, I get four UFC events, you know, or, or you know, like if you sign up on, you know, say January 19th, uh, that takes you, uh, you know, you'd get like three, basically three UFC fight nights on, on the plus. Um, yeah, is, is, is daily is daily versus MVP? That's a DAZN event, right? Okay, there you go. So that's the yeah, but that's okay. So that's the sixteenth of of February. Co- correct. Okay, so that so that'll be one. That's correct. So that that'll be yeah. one that you know you'll look to do that, and maybe that'll take you into somewhere in March because I guess Fitch and um, Fitch and Rory are supposed to fight sometime in March, although it hasn't been announced yet. So maybe that'll overlap, and you'll get both of those events for a one month value, but um. You know, because I know that yeah. they have they have the Pachanga event here at uh, Bellator. What I don't even know the numbers anymore, but it's at, at the end of uh, at the end of March. So mm. um, maybe there'll be something mid early March where you get a, a double up on that one. Yeah, and that, that's the problem that I've been seeing with the zone is like they have really good content, but I you know I uh, I haven't been able to you know get that month where I'm like wow this is really knocking it out of the park. I mean when they had the Bellator debut, they had like a long period of time afterwards where there was nothing. And then, you know, we had the Bellator Hawaii, which was a big thing with, and then Canelo was that weekend as well. And then it yeah. seems like, you know, through now it's like, like there's not much going on. It's been pretty dead so, since then. I mean, I know there was a little bit of a run, like you said, you had the Canelo fight, they had the Joshua fight. Yeah. Um, so there, there was some boxing that was, that was really kind of picking it up. But um, yeah, like you said, the, it's there's definitely a dead zone right now for since the well, last it, it could be event. a time of year too could be a time of year too i mean we're just coming out of the holidays where everyone kind of just took a break but but the one thing that i did notice is that um uh i think the zone picked up the most subscribers uh around the time of that canelo fight and um actually the guy that used to run fight pass eric winter he, he tweeted because he obviously knows how the streaming business works um he said, you know, everyone's going to jump on these uh, introductory offers where you get your free trial for a week or a month or whatever it is. But then uh, these ESPN Plus, all these people, they have to offer something to make people want to stick around. And and Matt, you just said you dropped you dropped the zone and and fight pass. So it's like it's like, what are you offering for us to stick around? I mean, I know you're, you're showing us what you're going to do, but um, you know, all these ESPN events there's somebody actually i put up a poll uh i was gonna bring it up it's not that many people but like uh i forgot how many people it's like 80 percent said they're not going to sign up for espn plus but some of the comments are like uh because like the brooklyn card that's next week you know because greg hardy's on it they're going to do it after the greg hardy event stuff like that so i don't know if that has anything to do with the the people not ready ready to jump in but i mean I don't know, man. I, I, isn't the ESPN Plus like a free trial week only? Yeah, they have free trial week. Um, I think we all know MMA fans can get a little creative on how to find events online. So obviously, yeah. I think that that might be something where these people that are saying they won't buy it might try to get um, and see see how easy it is to go the other route um, for the first event or two. 
Um, if it's easy, then obviously they're going to choose to probably stick with that route. Um, if not, then, then I think you'll see a, a kick up in subscribers. Um, I just don't. Uh... Something else is pretty interesting too. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, is, go ahead. Jason Floyd on Twitter, uh, he's pretty big into, I don't know if you've ever noticed, like if the UFC is throwing a big event, he'll talk about, uh, you know, the bar scene, bar pay-per-view, like, you know, how, how he talks to people in the industry and sees their output outlook on the, the fight, whether it's generating a lot of interest from like a bar owner's perspective. And one thing that's a roadblock I know with ESPN plus is that they can't show it in bars. Yeah. Um, so like the Dillashaw Cejudo fight won't be shown in bars. So that's, I know it's not in the scheme of things, it's not a big thing, but at the same time, it's another way that, you know, these big fights that they're going to be putting on ESPN plus to try to promote the streaming service aren't going to be able to be shown to a certain audience, uh, you know, that might want otherwise want to see it. Are you going to that one, Nolan? I'm not. No, I'm going to be. Uh, I debated covering it, but just with the Bellator's coming up, I just felt like I wanted to kind of not. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather save my excursions covering the UFC to uh, a time when things kind of slow down. So I'll be covering CES that weekend, which is having a matinee card on Fight Pass um, mm. to, to lead into the UFC Brooklyn. So oh yeah, it's like at three o'clock in the afternoon, right? Yeah, yeah. The main yeah. card starts at three or something, like you said. Yeah. Didn't they add a um, a Philadelphia event today or yesterday? Yeah. So today. that's what, March 30th or, or something like that. That's same night as that Bellator event. Um, that's the Larkin uh, Korshkov uh, event for Bellator. So that'll be a busy night. That's a regular ESPN. So that'll be a night where we get – that might be our first time to see regular ESPN against uh, Paramount, kind of mm-hmm. the free UFC versus free Bellator. Uh, mm. See how, how, how that unfolds. Um so we'll see what they do for Philadelphia. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm really interested. It. I'm really interested to see how they compare. You know, when we were on Fox Sports, we had kind of a cast system of, you know, you had the big ESPN cards and then you had the, the FS1 cards and you had the Fight Pass cards and they were all kind of tiered. You knew which ones were going to, you know, obviously the best fights, the biggest cards were going to be put on big Fox. FS1 would be a step down with some exceptions when they're trying to promote something or whatever. And then, you know, a step down from that would be Fight Pass. But I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the UFC Brooklyn, the bout order. Um, Mm -hmm. Very interesting stuff there where, you know, we're getting Cowboy Cerrone on the prelims because they want to put big fighters on ESPN. So I'm interested to see what kind of, uh, you know, if this is going to if this is going to throw off bout orders like always, you know, we're always going to have these cards now where there's, you know, a good name, maybe, uh, you know, a a fight that would usually be, you know, third or fourth from the top is now going to be in the middle of the card because they want to put it on the prelims, stuff like that, you know. Uh, so I'm re- that's something that's really interesting to me too is just how they're going to structure the cards going forward. And one thing that's interesting to me that you're just because you're mentioning it and we're talking about it, it's it, it's it's next week, and uh, I'm not I don't know I'm mean, as somebody that's close to where it's happening. I mean, you guys tell me from what you see online. I'm not feeling any buzz for that first ESPN Plus card, and it's it's Cejudo and Dillashaw. Like I'm just not feeling that that energy for for the first fight of the year. Right, what do you guys think? I think it's kind of par for the course with the way the UFC has yeah. been going lately. Mm-hmm. Um, up until a couple of days before the event, you're not really seeing much, uh, much anywhere. So that's true. Uh, yeah. um, so I think, that might I think the be... come down, the come down from uh, like the Jones Gustafson, that was a pretty wild week. I think we haven't had one of those for a while where, you know, the fight was being literally discussed for a week before the fight, you know, it started, people started to have that build up, And then all of a sudden, like the whole moving the event happened and for better or worse, it got people talking about it. it. Got people focused on it. I think that combined with the fact that it was, you know, Christmas and uh, you know, New Year's and everything going on at the same time. And then now we have this lull where there's 
nothing going on for combat sports. I mean, you know, I've been doing a lot more topology recently, managing the site and, you know, having to, to put in results and, and schedule, like, you know, add fights that are getting scheduled. And it's like a barren wasteland right now. You know, there's some <laughs> little bit of boxing here and there, but even the regional scene, there's very few events. I mean, last weekend I was just scraping to try to find something to watch, you know, flow had one event on, but that was pretty much it for even notable regional MMA. So I'm hoping that things, I, I agree with you, Ed, I think it's been a little lulled, but I'm really hoping at the same time that that we get a little bit of excitement. Cause I think there is a lot to talk about on that card. And there's some, uh, you know, even if it's not the biggest name fighters towards the bottom of the card, there's still some really exciting matchups and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully it can kick off the ESPN era. Well, yeah. Do you think that uh, Nolan? Do you think that there's going to be a um, a situation with contracts now if that becomes the case? I mean, you're going to have. I mean, I imagine when Donald Cerrone and and let's say John Lineker and these guys signed up for to fight on this card, I, I imagine Cerrone probably thought he was going to be on the main card, and I know that. So he goes from being on, I guess. Well, are the okay? So the prelims are on regular ESPN. Correct. So this is kind of a reverse situation then. Correct. Yeah. But I wonder I wonder if we're going to get a situation where they try for a big ESPN card where they try to put somebody like Cerrone on the prelims um, and, and to try to kick up the, the viewership yeah. for like an ESPN plus. And I yeah, wonder if yeah. that'll be, be an issue with contracts and guys putting it into their contract where you can't put me on the, the fight pass prelim or, or the ESPN plus prelim if uh, if I'm signing up for this card, if I'm a bigger name guy. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think it also muddies the waters in terms of, you know, what are they trying to promote here? Because when we had the structure that, you know, if if it was one of those cards that we had, those pay-per-view card, and then you have, you know, it starts out on Fight Pass, then it goes to FS1, then it goes to pay-per-view, you know that they're trying to promote the pay-per-view card. You know, they might give you throw the fans that are watching at home a bone with, you know, the top prelim, try to get them excited to buy the pay-per-view. But here where it's, it's a lot more split, it's kind of hard to figure out what they're promoting. You know, are they trying to promote get people to watch on ESPN or is, or is the thing that's more important to them having people sign up for ESPN plus it's, it's, there's no clear answer on which one they're trying to get people, you know, are they trying to leverage one off the other? Or is it just, you know, do they, are they so powerful and they have everything going for them that they don't really care which one people are more interested in? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. Um, I don't know what the streaming numbers are. Those are numbers that we really never get released. Um, I've always brought it up with Bellator and stuff. Like I watch it on Sling TV. So when the Nielsen ratings come out, I don't know if they if there's ever an account for who's watching it on Hulu or who's watching it on YouTube TV or who's watching it on Sling or who's watching it on, you know, how whatever other streaming service that they might have. So I I don't think there's huge numbers though. I mean I know DAZN picked up some numbers with Canelo, but the numbers are still fairly yeah. small compared to what you know an event on regular ESPN. Um, well, a, reg- a regular Fox event would pick up, you know, two to three million people for a for an average show, and and it peaked, at, I think, somewhere around nine million when they first started with uh, Dos Santos and 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 Cain Velasquez for the Fox One card, but um, and, and the numbers are dropped. But I just wonder if 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 there's going to be a quick reaction by the UFC if they see that their first ESPN Plus card has nineteen thousand viewers, because there's a very good chance that that yeah. could happen. That's one thing I was thinking too. I was thinking that the reason why they have so many ESPN Plus cards in the in the first quarter is so they could change it up or make any changes for the rest of the year if the numbers aren't where they want them to be, and we'll see more regular ESPN versus what we're seeing now on that schedule that that was tweeted out by uh, ES Brett Okamoto. Um, 
One thing about that first, uh, just the, the one fight in particular with Ostevich and, and uh, Van Zandt, Paige Van Zandt and Rachel Ostevich, um, I got a weird prediction just because, uh, did you guys see Paige Van Zandt put out? She's uh, Reebok dropped her for her individual sponsorship. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So I'm wondering if uh, if she loses in Brooklyn, if the UFC is going to drop her because, I mean, she was... You were there, Nolan. She was at the Long Island Bellator event. Her husband fights for Bellator. She trains in Chael's camp. I feel like uh, there's there's just this is me being a conspiracy theorist, obviously, but like I feel like there there might be a little animosity there, and it's like, well, you know what? If you if you like it so much over there, then go. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I think uh, you know, I'm interested, honestly. I don't know. I just have this feeling just with the general vibe that fighters this year in particular, we might see some uh, some more movement when it comes to the names. You know, I think especially with the PFL tournament, you know, people last year, I think a lot of fighters were skeptical about how it would a how it would run. B, are they really going to be giving me the money that they promised me? You know, is this a viable if I if I go say I leave the UFC, I go fight, you know, a couple of times for PFL. They just go out of business. They go bankrupt. Then the UFC is not going to want me anymore. Things like that. I think a lot of those fears are out the window. So between PFL, which you know has the opportunity where you can win a million dollars and it's legitimate, and then also like you said, Bellator, who is is not afraid to uh, you know try to uh, be the the you know the the fighter friendly promotion. And you know Scott Coker always throwing shade at Dana White in the way that he acts now on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. um, which is pretty funny and awesome. So. I think uh, the UFC has some heavy competition going into this year. And, and, you know, if the fighters are feeling like they're being mistreated, I mean, hey, you know, we might see a Paige Van Zandt or somebody else hop ship, you know? Yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think Paige is going to win the fight. So I, it might come down to just uh, what her contract situation is, whether she wins or not. Um, but um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we see Colby Cummington, who everybody kind of thought was Dana White's boy, you know, or, or they were they seem to be on the same page uh, up until, you know, the last couple days with uh, yesterday. With, well, yesterday, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, I think he, the, did, I think like, was... he went on like every, he was like on the tear yesterday. He was on almost every show and, and we're getting all the, all the sound bites from, from Helwani to MMA hour to MMA junkie. Like he went everywhere yesterday and dropped yeah. shade on Dana. Way. Even his Twitter account, he was tweeting out like mashup. Like, I don't know if you guys saw already cut like some clips of Dana and put them all together. Of like yes, Dana Sandy promised yeah. Colby a shot, and then yeah, man, he's going he's going hard at Dana. I mean, we'll see. Uh, I can't remember the last time that somebody went this hard at Dana, like that was uh, you know not some type not of. Short teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It's be interesting to see how Dana reacts to that if if they're able to get over it, and if uh, you know if something ends up happening where they they end up cut, cutting Covington or something. I, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, I, I I don't think it can end well um, for him yeah. unless his goal is to be cut. But um, yeah. I, we talked about that fight uh, last time. I think you were on. We we mentioned, uh, and, and I we I think we both all kind of agreed that the Covington Woodley fight was a fight that there was some real heat there. And um, I don't I don't know if any of those guys are big draws. Uh, I mean, historically they haven't been. So you, you got to kind of take the draw out of it and, and just look at what's the fight that. I think most of the fans wanted to see, and I think the polls across the board from, from all the, the bigger outlets showed that fans wanted Covington to, to have that fight. Um, I think it's a huge ball drop by the UFC. 
Um, I can't remember who on Twitter mentioned it, but somebody mentioned that you had a chance to have kind of your, your Floyd Mayweather in a sense that you had a guy that uh, win, if he wins, people are going to tune in to watch him get his ass kicked. And then you're just going to have, and if he, you're going to have for the first fight, you're going to have fans tuning in to watch him get his ass kicked um, anyways against Woodley. And then you're going to have the fans that are, are his, are his fans that are there to watch it. So um, I think they dropped the ball big. I don't, the uh, Usman Woodley fight doesn't do anything for me. Um, and uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's a fight between two good fighters, but I feel like they dropped the ball when they had a fight that they really could promote the hell out of and get yeah. some really good back and forth on Twitter between some guys and, you know, kind of, kind of fire up the, the base a little bit uh, of the UFC. Yeah. You know, and I think that that rival, like you said, I don't think any of the three fighters are necessarily draws, but I think, uh, you know, especially with the with the landscape of uh, pay-per-view nowadays, you know, even if you can pull an average, what used to be an average number of pay-per-views, like that's a win. So I think, you know, the the draw or the semi-draw itself is just the matchup between Covington and Woodley. You know, you don't even need one of the, either of those fighters to be become a draw. It's just such an authentic, it's not, you know, rivalry. It's not fabricated. It's not, okay, this guy's put in front of me, so now I'm going to talk all this trash at him because, you know, we're supposed to fight each other. This has been something that's been brewing, you know, for for multiple fights for each of these guys' career. I mean, Covington's been saying all types of stuff about Woodley. Woodley started, you know, responded over time. And, man, it's just such a disappointment. I mean, Usman, on one hand, you can't really necessarily argue that he doesn't deserve a shot. He just wasn't the most worthy of the shot. You know, Covington had done everything that Usman did, and he did it earlier, and, you know, uh, I'm just so disappointed that we're not going to get to see this, uh, at least right now. Hopefully, hopefully we get to see this fight one way or another sometime in the future, sometime in the near future, because, man, I was really looking forward to that one. Do you uh, do you see if Woodley – I mean, obviously, there's two fights out there for Woodley right now. There's Usman and then Covington. If he wins those fights, do you see him possibly moving up to 185 to clear a path for Askren? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Uh, you know, I, I think – it's one of those things where I always, I always in my head will picture, you know, I'll say, well, if Woodley beats these two, there's nobody else left in the division. There's no challenges. He's good to move up. You know, he's wiped out the division. But at the same time, you forget with champions how infrequently they fight. You know, they might fight twice a year. Um, so that brings us, you know, by the, the time that they would have their third fight, say Woodley fought Usman, beat him, say Woodley fought Covington and beat him. We're, we're talking 2020. There's a whole year for uh, contenders to move up the rankings, somebody to emerge, somebody to promote themselves, somebody to to burst through the bubble, start you know saying things about Woodley and get right there. So it's so hard, I think, for a fighter to be able to truly clear out a division and say you know make a good case for him to move up. But you never know. I mean, Woodley's done as good of a job, uh, you know, at at uh, you know winning as of late, and I think that it's quite possible that we'll see him tr- at least attempt to move up to 185 pounds. Uh, you know, come a year from now or so. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if he'll ever clean out the vi- division. Like you said, it's always, it's ever growing. I just, I wonder right. if Askren, if Askren beats Lawler and then maybe beats a, another top contender, if, uh, if you, if he just kind of decides either that, or he just starts calling out super fights with guys like GSP or, you know, yeah. just kind of, and just kind of relinquishes the belt to, to, I mean, I know I mean, a- Askren and him are, are teammates and good buddies. So I, I could see that uh, unfolding. Yeah. But options seem to be just, I mean, it's like a coin toss now. You can't go by rankings anymore with yeah. the fights, the way they make fights. You know, they just, they're just throwing names together now. And um, I forget what the comment was that Coker made about how the debacle of 233. 
But I feel like they're doing that again with 235 because isn't that like a super stacked card right now? Yeah, it's pretty loaded. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, so between like, like, what are you going to do with the rest of the year? People get hurt. I mean, these people aren't made of, you know, they're, they're, they're not, they're not uh, actors putting on a show. Like some serious stuff could happen between all these fights scheduled right now. And, and like, obviously they got I mean, well, you've been to the last few, Matt, the last few uh, international fight week events. And I know they weren't what they used to be, but I mean, that's something that they should, I would hope they still try to keep doing for July. Like, what are they going to have for the summer? Well, I think you got plenty of time for that now. I, I don't. I the the card's pretty loaded for from uh, early March, but it's not. You know, I mean, uh, Anthony Smith and and uh, and Jones yeah. is isn't exactly. I mean, it's not like you have Jones versus Cormier. You're not taking two of your big stars. Same thing with Woodley and, and Usman. It's not as if you know anybody's going to be necessarily you know crying if those guys don't make fight week. Um, you still got Nunes, who's gonna has a chance to really yeah. blow up and. And uh, she's actually headlined the last two out there uh, for fight week. Um, the re- winner of Dillashaw, uh, if Dillashaw wins, you, you know, you have him and uh, who, who could start, you know, making a name for himself as far as uh, selling pay-per-views. Um, you'd still have Cormier, you know, I mean, <laughs> till you March always, at least. Well, I mean, if you told him, Hey, we're going to go till July and you're going to fight Lesnar in July and on, on fight week. I don't think he's going to go, oh, I want to retire two months prior, you know? Yeah. So it's, you know, there's always that. Um, plus I don't think he's just going to walk away. I think if the money starts rolling in and he keeps winning, I don't see Cormier just uh, throwing in, you know, just walking away from the sport um, when, when the money starts getting really big for him and, and the mm. fame, fame really grows. But yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you guys think uh, maybe, uh, um, I mean, I know the 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 question has been asked before, but now looking at that schedule and everything we just talked about, is uh, is it too much? Like, is there? We just talked. I know we're we're coming off dry weekends and no fights, but and we were just complaining about it. But do you think it's going to be too much? Like, too much to keep up with, too much to pay for, just too much to watch? Is it to is it going to make it boring? I mean, probably it will be too much. I think uh, this this sport kind of you know has waxes and wanes where. We complain that we're oversaturated. There's three events on in the same night. And then, you know, we get into situations like this where we say, hey, you know, the events are suffering because people are kind of uh, not in the MMA mode. They're not in the zone where they have something to get excited about. But so you can't really win in that regard. I guess it really just comes down to, you know, me personally. Will I get bored from with MMA? No. But, uh, you know, I know not everybody's like me. I know that the audience the UFC is interested in acquiring is not like me for sure they're you know they're looking to get people that aren't going to watch their events otherwise uh you know they're not gonna they're not already you know the people that sit down and sit on the couch and watch it uh so yeah i I think that they're they're spreading themselves too thin i've said this for a while and they continue to spread themselves thinner and thinner i mean we're seeing events get canceled now which used to be a, a non-existent thing now it's happening somewhat frequently i mean you know, we're getting like at least one a year that gets canceled. We have a lot of these fights. I think the last time I was on with you guys, I brought this up where they're scrambling for main events. A lot of times there's, there's yeah. these situations where UFC 230 Madison square garden, it's supposed to be a huge card and they can't yeah. get a main event for it. So I think that just even eliminating four or five events a year would make a huge difference. I think the roster of the, 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 you know, if you look at the fights on each card, I think top to bottom, it would just get a little bit better, one step better. And I think that that could go a long way. I just think, they they tried to they tried to grow the sport too quick, you know. They were doing a good job, going incrementally improving, and then they just 
you know, now it's like adding numerous events on per year. And, uh, you know, for me, big fight fan, I love it. But at the same time, I realize that it might not be the best thing for the sport in the long run. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying for years now that I thought there was just, you know, like you said, the same reason I can watch an event every weekend, but realistically, if I had my way, I'd have a, a, a ESPN card once a month. And then I'd have a pay-per-view once a month, basically yeah. an event every other week, let the other MMA organizations kind of fill the gap in between with Bellator and whatever they got on fight pass or Ryzen or whatever, whatever they can, can fill the gap on the other weekends. Um, I just think in the long run, we just got to look at, we just got to look in the mirror or UFC needs to look in the mirror and go, yes, you're, you're the number one organization in the world, but not all of your fight cards, not all your fighters are the best fighters in the world. I mean, we're going to end up with a case where you're going to have, it's basically some of these cards are going to be regional shows with a big name main event. I mean, that's, we had that on on some cases uh, with some of the Fox sports stuff, but I just feel like it's going to get more and more like that, especially if we see guys going to going to other organizations. You know, I mean, you're going to you're going to start seeing more guys that are two and oh in MMA, um, you, you know, or three and one. And, you know, everybody from the ultimate fighter making the, the roster. You know, we, we went through that a couple of years ago when they expanded events. And instead of it being just the guys who kind of won and made it to the finals, you had 14 guys from the show yeah. uh, making the. I feel like I feel like that's one of the things that that that's helped with Bellator's growth is the fact that they don't have something every weekend, but they do it just often enough to to make you excited. I mean, Nolan and I we we we've covered enough Bellator events that that I don't know about you, the energy always feels it always feels like it's it's something that's been missed for a little while at least. I mean, we're we're definitely yeah. in a region where where MMA. I mean, I want to say the Northeast region, especially the, the that crowd when we go to uh, do stuff in Long Island and Connecticut. Um, it's definitely, uh, there, I would say they're more of the hardcore than the casuals. I don't know if you'd agree. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, I think you'd hit the nail on the head when you said you, you felt like people are missing it, you know, and that's not something that, uh, at least when I first started watching the sport, I haven't been watching it for, you know, forever, like some people have, but even 2010, when I started, I mean, you know, you, you felt like every event was special. You, I remember thinking like, oh, like I have to wait three more weeks to see a UFC card. And, you know, at the time I was like, I want to have this every weekend. I want to have it every weekend. I was chasing that, you know, that, 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 uh, need to watch fights. But, uh, you know, once I got it, it was like, I felt like obviously my excitement level, that's just a normal thing is just decreases because you have it, you know, in front of you all the time. And I think, like you said, at, uh, the fact that Bellator, you know, they space out their events, you feel like you're refreshed, rejuvenated when you're getting into it. You want to get back into the storylines. You want to get back into the, you know, the title picture the people, you know, people talking about who's going to fight who for a belt, you know, that's, that gets uh, put on pause almost when they go in between events, because there's just such a long period of time. Um, so I, I'm hoping that the UFC maybe can just tune things back a little bit, but I don't, I don't know. I don't see that happening at this point. I feel like yeah. they've, uh, they've shown, they've had their opportunity to learn a lesson and they just haven't really bit at that. Speaking of long events or long time between events, we had, you know, we talked Ryzen last week, and obviously they had a couple big intermissions. Um, I know the East Coast uh, grind to get through one of those events is uh, pretty brutal. Um, it's not easy here on the West Coast either. I mean, I'm up from 10 o'clock till 7 a.m., uh, you know, 10 p.m. to 7 a.m., so it's all-nighter. Um, but at least the start's at 10 o'clock to get me kind of going, where you guys are 1 o'clock uh, in the morning before you even get the, the opening ceremony. Um, I gave my opinions on some stuff. I, I know that there's um, some back and forth opinions, but I would like your take on the uh, 
the Mayweather uh, tension fight. Um, I stated I thought it was um, – I know it's an exhibition, but I stated that they were actually hitting each other. Um, there were real knockdowns. Um, I feel like I've seen enough fights to know that guys can get uh, – what's the chicken legs, um, especially a guy who's uh, smaller. Uh, maybe it goes back to watching more open weight fights um, when I was when I was younger and the sport was younger. You'd you'd see guys get just beat down, and you know I kind of felt like that's kind of what it was. Um, I, there's a lot of people I respect who have the opinion that it was a total work and there was pulled punches. So I I don't uh, I don't get too aggressive on on my opinion, but I'd like your take on that. Uh, how did you see that fight? Yeah, I mean for me, uh, I I I agree with you. I think that. Uh... If I had to pick a side, I would say that I did not think it was a fixed fight. I did not think it was a work. Um, you know, I think that I, I can't say for sure. I can never I can't be too adamant one way or another. Um, you know, I leave myself open to be wrong. But I, from what I was you know, watching the fight up until the last knockdown, like there was nothing there necessarily that screamed to me, oh, this is some type of work or it's fixed or they, they you know, the they know what's going to happen or, you know, somebody's going to take a dive. I agree that last the last knockdown was kind of odd. I don't think it's something that we necessarily normally see. At the same time, you get to realize that guys are punching each other in the head here. Um, you know, so <laughs> yeah. if somebody doesn't, you know, acts weird or moves in a weird way or does something weird, like could be because they just got whacked in the head too. So I understand where people's skepticism comes from. It wasn't something that we see every day. It wasn't a normal reaction that tension had. Uh, you know, stumbling over backwards into the ropes. But at the same time, I mean, watching the fight leading up to that, it seemed to me that they were throwing real punches at each other. It seemed to me that punches were landing. So, uh, you know, if, if if I'm picking a side, I'm agreeing with you, Matt. I think it was not a work. I think it was legitimate fight. And that's what happens when, a you know, a 20-year-old kid fights the greatest boxer arguably ever, um, you know, in a in in a fight. That's just – that's – we shouldn't be surprised, you know. It's it's a similar no, thing as when it, we see. It, yeah, it's exactly it, what you expect. It. Sorry, it's exactly no, no, no. what you'd expect to happen if 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 somebody that's been boxing as long as Mayweather's boxed. I mean, you know, it may as well have been any of us three in there with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I feel it, like that's, that's... It, yeah, it would be like if tension went up against Gary Tonin or something in a grappling yeah. match. He might he would make some moves where the jujitsu community would go, what the hell is he doing? He's right. flopping around like a fish on the ground. He's giving up his back. I mean, you're, it's odd movements when you're in a situation. Plus I, I haven't watched all of tension's fights. I don't know if he's ever been dropped. So I, you know, or, or he ever been really hurt. So we get a chance. Now this might be the first time where he was actually dazed. You know, he's a little bit of shock and awe of getting knocked down so quickly in front of such a big crowd in Japan over in such a, you know, and it's like, that's, I just felt like he tried to get up too quick. Um, I, I, I bet, I, I've been to boxing matches where guys have tried to get up off the mat too quick and fallen back on their face and had the referee call the fight off, you know, because they just didn't have their feet under him. That's why the coaches will tell you, take the eight seconds, you know, no matter how good you feel, you, yeah. you, you sit there on the mat, you look up at the ref, you take your eight seconds and you get back on your feet. I, I think it ha- it comes from part of the, part of it comes from any way, you know the the cult the sports culture, especially when it comes to combat sports over there. You know, having worked worked events and mixed with real fights is part of of their history. So I think that's why it's so easy for people to make the argument for it. Um, only reason I just looked over at my before a fall book and made me think of that. You know that that's that's been part of their history to to mix uh, these set up fights with real fights. So maybe that's where it comes from. But yeah, I mean. It there's is what been, it is. There's been some mix of pro wrestling and, and MMA, yeah. but the actual fixed worked fight scene hasn't really happened in the last 20 years or 
18 years, you know? Yeah. We, um, so I, I think that that's one of those things where people can always throw at that out there. Um, we get it still with Bellator events. I mean, yeah. how many people talk about Tito that's... Ortiz and Chael Sonnen being a work or Tito Ortiz, Tito Ortiz yeah. and um, uh, Shlomenko. That was one I'm yeah. going, dude, Tito Ortiz has got him by 45 pounds. What, right. what do you think is going to happen when and, one of the best MMA wrestlers of all time gets on top of a guy who has, is not known for his grappling? Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, this is the people that are that are hating on this fight to begin with saying it's a freak show. You know, why is why is Ryzen doing this? Why are they putting on a three round exhibition between a guy that's not a boxer really versus the best boxer ever? Uh, I feel like they almost look for a reason to make it even more of a freak show to criticize it even more. I mean, you know, like you just brought up, I think the one that sticks in my head a lot, very, you know, very strongly when I think of people accusing situations of being a fixed fight. Uh, Chael Tito is a good example. But the other one I remember was uh, Kimbo versus Ken Shamrock. You know, people can just complained about that fight. You know, all these guys are old and washed up and they shouldn't be in there. And yeah. then when they get in there, they look like old, washed up the people that they were just <laughs> describing. So, I mean, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, this is a freak show fight because this kid is not a boxer and he's fighting a boxer. And then when he gets completely outclassed, you say, well, that was weird. That shouldn't have happened that way. You know what, I, you know what I'm saying? Well, then you take, I mean, that, that's a good example of a fight right there because people's always, argument was there was that uh, Shamrock kind of did a WWE choke, uh, rear naked choke, where he right. doesn't, he didn't put the hand behind the head. He put it kind of on the forehead. And, um, but if you go back and look at all of Shamrock's earlier fights, um, Felix Lee Mitchell at UFC three, he uses the exact same choke. I mean, it's just it's just a flawed technique that he had. Yeah, his, he, he in, posted in his... out with the, his, the other hand that should have reinforced that choke. I don't know why he was posting out with it, but that's what he was doing, and that's why people were saying that. But he's it's, done it's that. Funny. But as he soon did as we that started and... talking about this, I could see the wheels turning in your in your head, Ed. I could see like you were like <laughs> you were, you were got the uh, the slow mo analysis going. But it, yeah, well, but it's, it's the same thing. Like in his other fights, I mean, yeah, it's not no, like yeah. it's a, it's not something he just did this fight where he, sure. he's got a history of rear naked choking people yeah. with perfect technique, and then all of a sudden, you know, he came up with with some. Well, talking about, technique. I mean, it's the same thing you, you talked about, Chael and Tito. You know, uh, Chael's trying to get that going again with Tito on Twitter lately. I'm actually trying to write something up about it, but the more keep, more stuff keeps happening. So I want to be, I want it to be the most updated that I can, that I can add in the piece but you know i mean that the, there there is something to be said for taking time away from fighting and coming back because i mean i'm not for nothing i'm older than chael so he's not old to me so so i'm just like uh, it was his first fight back there's something to be said for time away and when you come to fight in, in a new environment and stuff uh like look at uh, caldwell against horiguchi at the rising event i mean uh he he keeps talking about how he wants to run it back in the cage because he's more comfortable there I mean, they're, they're mentally looking in, the, in a big open ring in a big open arena, you know, that can make your if your mind thinks it's a lot of space, it'll exhaust your body. That's just that's just how the body works, especially when you're when you're in a real fight with somebody. So but um, so going back to Chael and Tito, that fight, you know, uh, people talk about that tap that 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 where people are saying uh, Tito tapped early or in the, early in the round. And then people are saying that Chael gave him the fight when he took his back. Not for nothing. I mean, when you when your head's getting squeezed like that by a guy, I mean, Tito's not a weak person. I don't care how old he is. He's probably stronger than all three of us put together because of a lifetime worth of training. So so when he put that when he put that choke on Chael, I mean, it's either tap or have all the teeth broken out your mouth. Same thing with like Connor and uh, Khabib. You know what I mean? People are going, oh, you tapped. You took the easy way out. I mean, if you want to keep your teeth, you take the easy yeah. way out. <laughs> 
Well, the 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 Son and Ortiz thing was a case where if if the referee would have called it for Tito tapping there, the the same people that are calling it a work now would have called it a work then and yeah. said that Tito tapped or threw the fight, which is a legit choke. I mean, I mean, a lot of people haven't noticed. I I think well, no, no I know Nolan did because uh, we spoke when he fought um when he fought uh, Fedor in Long Island. You know, right. I mean, a lot of people aren't noticing that. You know, Chael got when he took his time away from the sport because he he uh, the whole thing that happened with the UFC and when when he got released, um, he he did nothing but compete in grappling competitions, trained with Fabio Scherner, got his purple and brown belt. He's a brown belt now. He's probably going to get his black belt soon. Um, his grappling is way better than it was when he than when he fought in the UFC because in that fight with Tito. He chained submission attempts together. Maybe they didn't catch, but he, I mean, he he chained two or three, and then the, the the bad move he made with Fedor when he tried to do the back take. I mean, I don't know why you. That's a bad thing about jujitsu. There's so many there's so many moves that are almost like sacrifice throws, where where you're gonna give up, you're gonna be on your back, hoping that you're you you're, you're wrapping yourself around the guy, and it doesn't always work out for you. But the fact that he tried and thought about it, that's something you know that shows you where his where he's evolved as a martial artist. So I think if they do run it back, I, I see uh, I'm, I'm, I'm siding with Chael. You're out of your damn mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. T- Tito's going to break his face if they do it again. Tito's a better fighter now, has been a better fighter his whole career. He was slow in that, t- in that Chuck Liddell fight to me. I just They were both slow, but. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see any way Sonnen beats Ortiz. I don't think he out-wrestles him. I don't think he out-grapples him. I don't think he out-punches him. I don't think he out-does anything. Um, but that'll be a fun bet to have when the time comes. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I think it's about time we, we wrap this up. Nolan, uh, why don't you throw out your Twitter handle, your uh, any sponsors or your business workings you got going on? Go ahead and throw them right. out there. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Uh, you guys can follow me, as always, on Twitter at MMA underscore Kings. I'm trying to hype up my Instagram now at Nolan King MMA. I'm going to be starting to post some more content on there, uh, figuring that out as we go along. Uh, you can check out my work on Flow Combat and Tapology. Uh, you know, Flow, I'm doing some interviews. I got some stuff working for Brooklyn. I just interviewed Alex Hernandez, T. Edwards. We've got a couple of Bellator, Henry Corrales coming up. Um, so that's good there. Um, and then also, obviously, like I just said, Tapology. Uh, I love working for them and I'll be continuing to, uh, you know, to do some stuff for them. I'm increasing my role every day with them. So I'm, I'm super excited about what 2019 holds. And then I'll also be, uh, you know, if we don't speak before then I'll be covering CES next month uh, or this month now in uh, Rhode Island. And then also I'll be covering the back-to-back Bellator events uh, as Ed will be as well in February. So check me out there and uh, thanks for having me on again, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Um, as usual, fans can follow us at Combat Hour on Twitter, myself at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter and at Carbeerzal on Instagram. Um, until next time, uh, have a good one, gentlemen. Cool. Yeah, you too. Hey, y'all. East Coast Ed here. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can be a monthly supporter for as little as 99 cents a month. This podcast will always be free, but if you help Matt and I out for future episodes, supporters will be shouted out on the show, and large supporters will be randomly selected to do predictions for a big pay-per-view event in the future. So please click the support tab and enjoy the show.